Lord, thank you for this wonderful passage of scripture. And I pray that as we look at this together this morning, that you would give us hearts to listen and a will and a mind and a soul that longs to follow you and to walk with you along the way. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. So we are coming to the end of four weeks in the month of September where we have been exploring the vision that we believe God has for us as a church community in this coming year. Patrick began on the 3rd of September by speaking about Jesus as the way, the truth and the life from that wonderful passage in John chapter 14. And he also introduced the Waymaker Project, which was that idea about how we could transform our outside spaces to be a blessing to the local community. Then on the 10th of September, it was Patrick again speaking from Matthew 3 and Isaiah 40 about the call to prepare the way for the Lord and how John the Baptist lived that out in his ministry. And Patrick invited us to consider how we could be signposts pointing the way to Jesus for others. And then last Sunday, I don't know if you were here to listen to David Senior, that wonderful guest preacher who, a little bit of a Duracell bunny, I mean, he had more energy than anybody should have if they're preaching at four services in one Sunday. Ask me at eight o'clock tonight how how that feels. Um, But he inspired us to step out in faith and consider our financial giving, calling us to trust God and try giving at a level that we never thought possible. And if you missed any of those, I'd love to encourage you to go back and have a listen or to watch the live streams online, watch the videos that the church office have emailed around, because this is a really key season for us as a church, and it would be great for us all to be on the same page as we go into this year together. But now today is the final instalment in this vision season, and we're going to reflect more deeply on this idea of the way using those verses from Isaiah 43. If you'd like to have them open in front of you, there are Bibles at the end of each row under the end chairs, so do pick one up and pass them along if you'd like that. And we're on page 729 in Isaiah 43. And I'd like to begin by inviting you to come with me into the world of the Old Testament people of God at that time. They could look back and say how they had seen God at work in amazing ways in the past. God rescued them from slavery in Egypt under the leadership of Moses in that wonderful event called the Exodus, where the Red Sea literally parted to let them through, so they walked through on dry ground. And God made a way where there was no way and led his people to freedom. But those people, something's never changed. They had short memories and they quickly forgot what amazing things God had done for them. Their subsequent history had some really high, high points, some great kings like King David, but it also had some really low lows where they forgot what God had done. They turned their back on him. They didn't do life God's way. And God warned them again and again and again, but they didn't listen. And so, as a result, ultimately God's judgment came on his people, and they landed up in exile, away from their homeland, in the country of Babylon. And this part of the book of Isaiah is written to the people in exile, and it has a wonderful message of comfort, 
of hope and of restoration. The exile is almost over. God will bring his people back home. We're going to look at the passage in the two halves that were read to us. And then we'll finish by drawing some threads of what God might be saying to us today. So first, looking at verses 1 to 3, we see that God walks with us. Look with me at verse 1. This is what the Lord says. He who created you, Jacob, he who formed you, Israel. And this is not just a word for the people of God back then, but for us, the people of God today as well. God created us. He knit us together in our mother's womb. He knows us inside out, better than our closest friend knows us, better than our spouse knows us, better even than we know ourselves. But not only does he know us completely, he also loves us deeply. Verse 1 continues, I have summoned you by name. You are mine. God loves us so much that he sent his son to live, die, and rise again so that we could be brought back into relationship with God, the barriers between us broken down. He calls us by name, and we are his, deeply known and deeply loved children of God. Therefore, he says, do not fear. I wonder whether you know that that is the most common command in the Bible. It comes around about 70 times altogether. And I think the reason for that is because God knows that we need to hear it, not just once, but again and again and again, because we do get afraid. We will go through difficult times in our lives. As it says in verse 2, when you pass through the water, when you pass through the fire, that's when and not if. So how can we walk unafraid through the flames and not get burned? How can we walk through the tough times in our lives and not be crushed by anxiety and fear? God promises in these verses that when we go through these things, he is with us. He walks with us. He even carries us when we have no strength of our own left. Do you know the wonderful poem, Footprints, that says, when you look back and there's only one set of footprints in the sand, it's not that God left you, it's that God was carrying you in those particularly tough times. God doesn't promise us an easy ride, but he promises his presence with us. And he reminds us again in verse 3 of just who he is. I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Saviour. I am. That's the name of God revealed to Moses at the burning bush. I am with you. Now, I'm sure we can probably all think of times in our lives where we've had to go through, or maybe some of us are currently going through, difficult times that we wish had not been part of our journey. I know that's true for me, and I'm sure it is for most, if not all of you. But thinking back on those times... I know that people in this church were praying for me. And that made all the difference when I was unable to pray for myself, being part of this Christian community and being held up by others was one way in which I knew the presence of God with me 
in my own tough times. I found that I came to know a deep sense of God's peace. I knew that he was with me when I passed through the waters, when I passed through the flames, even though those challenges did not miraculously disappear. But his presence was enough. I don't know how I would have coped with those times without God with me. I don't know how people cope with difficult times without knowing that God is with them. But that is God's amazing promise that we don't have to. God walks with us through every season of our life. And so we do not need to be afraid. But secondly, if we look now at verses 16 to 19, we see that God walks with us on the way home. Remember, I told you the story of God's people right at the start, how they had that amazing history of being saved through the waters of the Red Sea in the Exodus. Well, that's where Isaiah starts here in verse 16 by reminding them of what God had done in the past. God made a way through the sea, a path through the mighty waters. He brought the Israelites to freedom and the Egyptian army that pursued them were left floundering in the mud as the water came back over them once the last Israelite had their foot on the dry ground. But despite that amazing history, Isaiah continues in verse 18, forget the former things, do not dwell on the past. See, I am doing a new thing. It can be tempting to live with one foot in the past sometimes, I think, both as individuals and as a church. I mean, it is good to remember the amazing things that God has done in the past for us, how he has blessed us, times that we have felt particularly close to him, ways we have seen God work through the ministries of this church. But if we are always and only looking back, then we are in danger of missing the new thing that God wants to do among us now in the present I went out for a wonderful meal with Mike's side of our family on Wednesday night this week. It was wonderful food, great company, and I could tell you everything we ate, but our stomachs will start rumbling and it's nearly lunchtime, so let's not do that. But that meal was a great memory, but it didn't mean that I didn't then also have to eat on Thursday, on Friday, on Saturday, and so on and so on and so on. You know what I mean. God calls us to look to the new thing that he is doing now, not to dwell in the past, in our memories. And for God's people in the Old Testament, this was a promise of restoration, that they would return from exile in Babylon back to their home in the promised land. God says in verse 19, I am making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. That's a wonderful picture, isn't it? Because the wilderness is such a barren place, but God promises to bring new life in those barren places. And he is making a way back home. For the people then, it was literally a way to return to their homeland from their exile. But for us too, can we stay with that image of a way home for a moment? Because it resonates for me with the parable of the lost son that most of you probably know from the New Testament, where we see God as a loving father looking out for his wayward child to return home. And as soon as he sees them coming, he runs to meet them 
with his arms wide open to give them a big hug. That is who God is for us. God offers us a way home, a way back to him. So if we're feeling a long way from God at the moment, perhaps we feel that our spiritual life is rooted more in past experiences of God than a present daily reality, then God's invitation for you is to follow that way back home to the loving heart of our Father. And as we put one foot in front of the other along that way, we can know God walking with us and guiding us. God walks with us on the way home. But we might be wondering, how do we find that way? How do we take the next step if we feel like we've lost our way a bit? Or how could we be a signpost and point others to the way? We're going to think together about three places we might find ourselves in and what a next step from there could look like. We might find that we identify with one of those places or more than one of them, either now in the present or at different times in our lives. So first, perhaps some of us feel that we are exploring the way at the moment. Maybe we don't quite feel ready to step onto the way and walk in it. Maybe we've got questions. Perhaps we're a bit unsure what this Christian faith really is all about. And we'd like to find out a bit more before we commit to walking on the way. Maybe you've been coming along to church from time to time on a Sunday. Maybe you're here for the first time today. Perhaps you go along to one of our midweek groups like Connections or Walk and Talk. If that's you... I invite you to take a next step and continue to find out some more about the Christian faith and continue to explore the way. A great way to do that is by joining the Alpha course that's running on Thursday evenings this term. There was the first session last week, but it's not too late to join. And Alpha is a great way to ask those questions and explore faith in a safe space with some really good food as well. So do ask me or Annalisa afterwards if you'd like to know more or pick up a flyer from the foyer. Or the other way you could explore is by joining the Kintsugi Hope Group, which is running on Tuesday evenings. That one's a safe and supportive space to explore questions around mental health and well-being with a group of others who want to go on that journey. Again, speak to one of us or there are flyers in the foyer if you'd like to know more about that. So if that's you, please continue to explore the way and know that God holds out his hand to walk with you on the way home. But secondly, maybe you've begun to walk the way, but perhaps feel you've got a bit stuck or lost your way a bit. Maybe you've been coming to church regularly for a while. Perhaps in your past you made a commitment to follow Jesus. But maybe you don't really relate to the idea of God walking with you right now. Maybe you don't feel his presence as a daily reality in your life. And if that's you, then I invite you to take a next step of going a little bit deeper in your faith. Perhaps you could set aside some time each day to read the Bible and ask God to show more of himself to you. Or you could join one of our church small groups that meet together to read the Bible, to pray, to do life together. Have a word with me if you'd like to know more about that. Or your next step 
could be to spend a bit of time thinking how you could put your faith into practice in your life. It might mean being known as a Christian in your Monday to Saturday life, whether that's at work or in social clubs or with your family. It could be a bit scary, can't it? But it might mean joining a team to serve at church, or it might mean pledging to give a part of your income regularly to support the ministry of this church. There's more about opportunities to serve and how to pledge your giving in the, in the vision pack that Annalisa mentioned earlier. And if you don't have one of those, then we'll get you one at the end of the service. But I invite you to continue to follow Jesus the way as you journey hand in hand with God and with others in this church community. And finally, perhaps there are some of us who feel that, well, yeah, we're already trying to put our faith into practice in those ways. And maybe we're beginning to feel God prompting us to clear the way for others, removing obstacles to create pathways for others to find Jesus the way for themselves. And if that's you, then I invite you to be a little bit bolder in speaking about your own faith with others. Why not spend a bit of time working out how you could tell your story of coming to faith or growing in faith in just two minutes? That's quite hard to limit yourself to two minutes if you've got a whole lifetime of Christian faith to talk about. But try and summarize it in just two minutes and then ask a friend if you can try it out on them. Look out for ways in which you see God at work in your day-to-day reality, in the present, not just in the past, and dare to tell someone about it. Pray regularly for those in your life who don't know Jesus. And have a think about who you could invite to come along to Alpha. We heard at the 9.30 service about somebody who'd done Alpha in the past simply because someone said to them, have you ever done an Alpha course? It's that simple. And you can come with them. So you're not asking them to go to a big, scary church event all by themselves. You can come with them. So would you be a signpost, clearing the way for others to step onto the way and find Jesus for themselves? And as I said earlier, you might identify with more than one of those options, and that is absolutely fine. But whether you are exploring the way, walking the way, or clearing the way for others, please consider what next step God might be asking you to take today. Because God has made a way. Jesus died and rose again so that he could indeed be the way back home into the loving arms of our Father. So as people of the way, let's keep on journeying together one step at a time through the ups and downs of life as we walk in step with God along the way. Amen.